0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Don't point the Geo Game Preview Edition. This week, the Tar Heels face a historic rival. One against whom they have a one-game winning streak in Chapel Hill, North Carolina the historically underachieving Clemson Tigers. My name is Chad Floyd, and I'm joined by two esteemed guests tonight. First, my usual preview partner in crime, Jake Lawrence. Jake, how are you, sir?
1: Doing great, Chad. Let's do this thing. Let's get it. But first, we got
0: to introduce first time in a while, Al Hood from Boston, Massachusetts. Al, how are you living, my man?
2: Doing all right, man. St. Adams Oktoberfest in my hand as we record. That's like the pumpkin spice latte for men, right? <laughs> Something like that. I just no, actually, pumpkin beer is the pump, uh, the pumpkin spice latte for men. Although that is anyway, we could just go round and round and round into that. But uh, uh, I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that's the pumpkin spice or pumpkin spice alcohol for women. Still, maybe if you're talking about the pumpkin beer, I, I don't like pumpkin stuff.
2: Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. The I've got uh, about 20 cans of different Oktoberfest in my fridge, and then there are bottles of the uh, pumpkin beer for the wife. and the two don't meet. So, uh, there must be something to that.
0: Okay, well, now that we've alienated half half of our listener base, uh, let's start talking about the Clemson Tigers. Um, Obviously, we jest when we say they are historically underachieving. uh, They have overachieved and won two of the last three national titles, but... I guess you could say historically. I mean, I grew up when uh, Tommy Baldwin was their coach there. Um, Al, third big game in a row in Chapel Hill uh, in Mac Brown 2.0 here, which I hate that I'm calling it that now. Um, you have been around some big-time atmospheres during your time in Chapel Hill. What are you expecting on Saturday just uh, as an overall atmosphere in Keenan Stadium?
2: Well, I mean, with the fact that student tickets once again did not last long um, – there, it's very rare that you get the opportunity to see the number one team of the country uh, play in Chapel Hill. Uh, I think the last time it happened was in 1999, if I saw the graphic correctly. Yeah. Um, and I must have been at that game because I've locked it out of my memory. Um, it happens rarely, and our success against them, I think, is 0-9 in the past, uh, since 1950, something along those lines. That said, I mean, Syracuse, didn't have much of a chance a couple of years ago. Um, they lose their quarterback, and all of a sudden, Syracuse pulls off the upset. Um, this game is sold out. Um, students are going to fill up the stands. Um, we've seen what the atmosphere was like and how it turned around against App State, even with as uh, horrid as the game started. Um, so I expected it, – and it's a, 3, it's a 3.30 in the afternoon start, yet another non-noon game. Um, so I expect the atmosphere, at least in the beginning, to be loud and hopeful. Uh, I just don't expect it to last.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, God, I'm, I'm going to get myself kicked off this podcast twice. I'm actually driving three Clemson fans into Chapel Hill uh, for the weekend. Um, I'm not giving any of them tickets. They are on their own for that. But uh, Jake, I mean, there, there were a lot of App State fans in the crowd last Saturday. Are you expecting even more Clemson fans?
1: I wouldn't say i expect more, but I think they're going to travel pretty well. I mean, that's a short drive for them. Uh, it's an ACC game, uh, and, uh, you know, national champions travel well. So I don't think you're going to see anything like what you saw against App State, but I also don't think that this game is, is hurting North Carolina's bottom line very much um, Whenever uh, when it comes to all the finances. That thing should be sold out, should be rocking, uh, at least early, like Al said. Uh, and, you know, and then – Clemsoning used to be a thing. I'd agree to see Clemsoning come back and be a thing this weekend. But uh, I'm not I'm not delusional and I am as optimistic as the next person. Uh but and probably more so. But uh, you know, I think it's gonna be a good atmosphere, uh, but I don't think you're gonna see it quite like what App State was last week.
0: And here's the thing, I mean, even since Clemsoning stopped being a thing, uh, they played a close game against NC State where State just uh missed a chip shot field goal and lost in overtime. Uh, they lost to Pitt at home three years ago on the way to a national championship. They almost lost to Syracuse again last year. Uh, it seems like they do have one uh, trip-up game every year. And looking at the rest of their schedule, man, it's either us or Boston College. Like, I, I, I just don't really uh, know how to evaluate it other than that. But I guess if a whole lot of weird stuff happened, maybe we could get hopeful. But I'm not really going to beat that drum. Um but yeah, let's just take it position by position and figure out where the heels have an advantage. Uh this would be me editing here and saying the heels have an advantage at no position. Uh Jay, how do you feel about this Clemson offense? Because I've said on this podcast is the best assemblage of talent since uh the O three, O four, O five USC Trojans. Um, are you still buying that or were you ever buying that?
1: I was never quite buying that completely. Um and I think I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I, I wasn't completely sold on Trevor Lawrence um, and all the hype last year. Like, he was phenomenal, so I, I, you got to be real careful how you say that. But he's had some hes had some, some struggles this year, uh, and they played some power five opponents, but I don't think those power five opponents are, are, are the highest quality. Um, and it just kind of feels like they haven't quite – they put up points, but it feels like they're capable of more, um, and it just feels like they, they have an extra gear that they could find that they have not found. I don't know if they will find it. Um, and so – uh, for, for, from an overall offensive standpoint, though, uh, they've—I mean—they haven't won a game by less than two possessions. So it's kind of maybe I'm being a little bit, a little bit nitpicky with all of that. Uh, but you know, they—they they are a very explosive offense. I don't think they're, they're one of the greatest we have seen yet.
0: Yeah, I mean they're 13th in yards per play as we uh, sit here right now. Um, obviously, they've played uh, Texas A&M, who's a tough opponent on both sides of the ball, uh, Syracuse, and then. Charlotte, and I guess they played in Georgia Tech. So, you know, that they have had a – and compared to North Carolina, maybe not a terribly difficult schedule, but compared to most of the country through September, a fairly uh, decent track. Um, Al, are you more afraid of Trevor Lawrence and the Justin Ross T. Higgins passing game or Travis Etienne and Lynn J. Dixon on the ground?
2: I think I'm a little more scared of the passing game because the secondary going into the season for Carolina was a strength. And now it's not only missing Renee, there's a decent chance we're going to be missing Wolfolk as well. He's, you know, he's listed as hurt. And there may be a potential, there may be a um, pre, there may be a presupposition for the coaching staff to get, to keep anybody that's questionable out of the game to prevent them from getting further hurt for winnable games they had down the road. So all of a sudden you've got a secondary that is going to be relying on a lot of young faces um, that we've already seen in Wake Forest. And we've seen it with App State last week, um, will give up big plays down the field. Um, we, you know, you really needed that secondary to step up and make a big play last weekend when they had gotten into within three that first time. Um, and App State just almost immediately gets a big play and is able to get a touchdown and get it right back up to 10. So, um, the rushing attack is not exactly something, I mean, and this is like saying, do you prefer to get killed, uh, with a shotgun or with poison? Um, the running game is not exactly going to be something that's going to be shut down, uh, entirely. Um, I have to do is look at the South Carolina game and, and again, the app state game last weekend to see the rushing attack. But, um, this offense has at least shown the, or the defense has at least shown the ability to stop runners. Um, but the secondary has shown that they are very vulnerable to the big play and Clemson is definitely uh, key when it comes to hitting that big play down the field.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, T. Higgins is averaging 23.5 yards of reception right now. I don't expect that number to go down um, after this game. Justin Ross hasn't really come out of his shell yet this season like he did against Alabama in the championship game. Uh, My biggest fear, and either one of y'all can piggyback off of this, is just uh, the linebacker play. There have been a lot of missed tackles on the second level, and Carolina's defensive line is – probably the strength of the defense at this point, uh, which is basically saying two guys are the strength of the defense. But, man, these linebackers are just missing a lot of tackles. And I know New Scheme um being basically retaught to tackle, kind of going to the rugby style under Jay Bateman. But if you arm tackle Travis Etienne, he's taking it 75 yards to the house. Uh, so – Al, I'm going to slightly disagree with you. Say the running game is going to be a bigger issue for me. Uh, Jake, where do you stand on that? We we can um, we have a deciding vote tonight.
1: <laughs> best uh, best out of three. Um, yeah, I have to say that all valid points about the passing game, uh, but by and large, I feel like the running game has been has been the biggest problem um, for the running defense. And look, they were better against App State, so they deserve credit for that. Uh, but and part of this is because Strobridge just missed a game and, and was dinged up a little bit against App State. But I agree that look, they just don't have the the depth and the talent at the linebacker or defensive line position to handle all the snaps these guys are taking. Uh, and then you throw in their their tackling issues and yeah, the scheme is one thing. But a lot of times, look, they're getting in the backfield, they're getting their hands on people, uh, they're in the right positions, they're just not finishing plays and that. Usually or often comes from years of teaching, not just one off season. Um, and I don't think you're going to see that get better necessarily week to week the way that we want it to. Um, and look, what we have mentioned is Etienne was the he was the ACC Player of the Year last year, and he's hardly really had a chance to go off. And he's still averaging uh, over six or seven yards a carry this year. He's just splitting time with his, with his backfield mate there. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't had to be had to have been used in the same ways uh, as he was last year. So the running game uh, does really really concern me, and, and for every reason you mentioned, Chad, and the fact that Strowbridge is also still kind of still kind of banged up. So Strobridge and Crawford are on the line, and that's it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to where else to go with that because it that that is a legitimate concern, and it has been frustrating to see the lack of tackles, even though they have been in position to make those plays.
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword here because Etienne went for 205 yards on 12 carries against Georgia Tech in the opener. Uh, Texas A&M bottled, bottled him up pretty well, but that was just kind of a weird game. Uh, Syracuse and Charlotte, he was basically out at halftime. Um, so really, the goal for me is to make Travis Etienne touch the ball in the fourth quarter, and I consider it a win for the defense. Uh, Seth- yeah, I'll... No, i I'll,
1: I'll agree with that i mean if, if you can if you can make if you can make Clemson play a full forty minutes, you have a chance i'm sorry full sixty minutes you have a chance uh, I don't know with the way North Carolina has started games if they are going to show up in time to make Clemson play a full sixty minutes.
2: Um, I was about to yeah, say, your, with, the, with the way Carolina's been playing, they've been thinking a game is 40 minutes instead of 60. <laughs> well, I mean, oh yeah, that,
1: that's that, that's true too. I mean, just I just don't know if North Carolina has them to show up on time and play a full 60. And Look, I want them to, but we haven't seen it happen yet. So, at, at, you know, a, a third of the way into the season, at some point you got to call You, you got to call a spade a spade. Um, and I don't know if Clemson is the team that they're going to show up for from the get-go.
0: If ever there was a game to show up for from the get go, it would be when you have the number one team in the country in your house. Um, this is basically what I don't want to see. Clemson has ten guys with carries this year and twenty guys with receptions. Uh, two of the guys mm-hmm. with receptions are Will or uh, Will Swinney and Drew Swinney, um, sons of Dabo Swinney. I want to shut the Swinneys out. What that,
2: was it that like like what was it last week? Or the stat was that over a hundred players played for clemson against charlotte last week like pretty much literally everybody on their roster at least played a down uh at some point last week against charlotte i mean they are um you know they're they're they are definitely coaching and playing like they're kind of in the long in the long game here and that i mean and that concerns me too kind of in the long run of the idea that um you know, they haven't had many hard games. They haven't had to play their – they haven't had to play their starters the full amount. They haven't had to fully empty out uh, all of the – you know, all of their plays and all of the tank. Meanwhile, now you've got four games of tape uh, for this offense and defense, um, just so many different things to just take away any shred of hope that, as a Carolina fan, you should have here, you know?
0: Yeah, Um and to that, I mean, to your first point where they play over 100 guys, that's part of the appeal of Clemson and why they're so good at retaining talent is because everybody's going to get an opportunity and sometimes it's going to be in blowouts. But, I mean, you're talking about a lot of walk-ons. I mean, Brent Venables has a son that has eight tackles at linebacker this year. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's really – I mean, it's not, even, it's not even a meritocracy. It's just, hey, if you – have a pulse and you are wearing a Clemson jersey you're going to get on the field and it's it makes them a lot of fun to watch like I'm you know I'm not going to call myself like a secondary Clemson fan or anything anything close to that stretch but they are really entertaining and even in the fourth quarter you can learn a lot about them because they're just going to run their offense with guys who aren't Clemson talented and it's still successful um, I mean, I, over, go ahead. I was going
2: to say just to kind of follow up on that point for one more like I've actually been ever since Sweeney essentially ended Clemsoning and they've become such a stark contrast to what Saban is running in Alabama. I've been a fan of what Clemson does and the fact that they've been so successful and you joke joke about the fact that they have 100 people. But that also is what sustains the program, because even if you are a high recruit, and you think that even though you're going to have to sit and wait your turn you still see that you're going to get to play and these are the things that Carolina is ultimately looking to have to build towards to a point where you know you just keep cycling in the talent keep cycling in the talent and that you know kind of to Jake's point that's going to be something yeah i think the the biggest starkest difference of where these where Carolina sits as a program is going to be on display this weekend
0: yeah and
1: well and yeah.
2: No, I was yeah. gonna say,
1: and, and Matt Brown, Matt Brown, kind of touched on that this week too. Uh, he talked about the t- times in Texas. You know, the reason you build that depth, they, ha- they haven't had a game yet where North Carolina can get their reserves really in and rest their starters. And Matt Brown, he, he mentioned that, you know, part of the appeal of, have, of having that kind of depth is everyone does get to play, and it makes everyone happier, and you have a better locker room because everyone's winning, everyone's contributing, as opposed to you're stuck playing the same. 22 to 30 players over and over. And then everyone, you know, 35 on down the roster don't get to contribute quite as much. So there is something to that. And there's a reason they like to do that. And it helps build that culture uh, that that Dabo has has built at Clemson. That is absolutely something Mac has always believed in and wants to get North Carolina, too. Uh, and I think that's where you're going to see the, the starkest difference in these two programs, like Al said.
0: Yeah, and that's that's why I, I've enjoyed uh, watching Mac recruit. Is you know, twenty three commits in the class right now got like six defensive linemen um, at positions where you need to rotate guys to keep them fresh. The heels just don't have that right now. And Jake, you kind of took the point right out of my mouth, but Carolina's been in four close games to where Jace recruiter's only seen the field for uh, I think eight snaps. Um, Amory Simmons has played in two games but only seen 11 snaps. They've only played five receivers any extensive minutes at all, and that includes Antoine Green, who's been out since the Miami game. And same thing on the defense. I mean, you can't really cultivate that depth if you're playing only in close games. So, you know what? You need to kick the shit out of somebody and uh, and get those guys in. So, maybe stop scheduling Gap and Wake and uh, schedule Elon. For- yeah, we got Mercer coming later in the year. Yeah, but I mean that's the SEC so Too late in the year. Yeah, it's. I mean, by that point, I guess you can kind of keep like the true freshmen engaged because they know they're going to get a chance uh, to not burn their red shirt and play late in the year. But I'd rather have that game early, build some momentum, and the hills. You know, to their credit, built some momentum early in the season, but non-conference kind of jumped up and bit them in the ass. Um, let's switch real quickly over to the UNC offense against Clemson's defense. Uh, Clemson lost about eight guys to the NFL and their defense has not missed a beat. They are giving up 10 points a game, uh, 2.4 yards per rush right now. And they're doing it in a way that is very similar to what Jay Bateman wants to do. Uh, they're only running three down linemen now, and they are keeping everything in front of them. So, um, Jake, I'll start with you. You know, how does UNC attack this Clemson defense that, not only has more talent, more experience, um, Isaiah Simmons, Xavier Thomas, but also is schematically—I mean—better than any in the country. You would have to say with Venables at home.
1: Yeah, I think the I think the biggest thing, and you know, we're going to sound like a broken record, but North Carolina has not sustained drives. And we were talking about it last week in our in our Slack channel that it almost seems that, with as simplified as this offense has to be right now, because of all the youth and eight of their 11 starters are underclassmen and nine of their best offensive players right now are underclassmen. Um, they don't have the experience and they don't have the strength and they don't have the knowledge and they don't understand the scheme well enough. So it's extremely simplified. And I almost think that they have got to go away from trying for the home run passes. And, you know, how is great throwing the ball downfield, but against this defense, I don't think North Carolina has the talent for those kinds of plays. And I almost think that you just, you go for the three- and four- and five-yard gains on the ground. You grind it out. You accept that fact. And then if you get a chance to take a shot, you take it. But you got to maintain, got to maintain control. you got to keep that defense on the field. And you have to sustain drives. Um, and I don't think it's scheme. I don't think it's play calling. I just think that they are young and they don't have the experience anymore that they would have had if they still had Polino or Heck on the line. Um, and I think that's kind of where it comes from. Uh, and so that's what I would like to see is just long, sustained drives, and that's the only way I think they had any chance at all, um, and then no turnovers, but uh, those are that's a separate topic
0: yeah al uh, I mean, what's your game plan here because you know for me I look if they are going to attack um, hopefully to do it a little bit more between the hashes um catch them on a quick slant just uh, opposite the blitz, which again is fairly difficult to scheme, but what do you see the heels uh coming out game-plan-wise on offense?
2: I mean, there's one of two ways they can try to attack this. Um, one is essentially Jake's way, which I think I agree with. They should try because at least with the long, the sustained, the multiplay drives, you at least keep the Clemson defense out there and you rest your own defense, which, as we already talked about, doesn't have the bodies to swap out to be able to play for the long, sustained drives that Clemson could put out there the counter to that is that the best that Sam has looked so far this season has been when he did not have to think and he was essentially in hurry up mode, Um you know, point back to the last drive of the Miami game, point back to the drives of the South Carolina game when they were down and they had to, they, even though they were long drives, they knew that they had to get, they had to get quick. Um, the less that Hal has to so in a way they kind of tie together but the less you have to make how will think um the better so that doesn't necessarily mean that you only go into a two-minute offense, but what it means is that you make it very clear to sam that if your intent is to pass your pass is within two seconds of getting the ball and if not it is going it is you're either getting rid of it Um, that is one of the biggest things that he has got to learn as a freshman is how to just get rid of the ball when the play isn't there. He's getting better, but he still needs to learn that. Um, or it's going to a running back or it's for the quick five yard slant, six yard slant, something along those lines. And then, um, you know, maybe it turns into, maybe it's only a two minute drive because those quick plays are there. Um, but, um, it's weird, you know, the way Jake was describing it, you almost think it's like it's just gonna be a slow methodical grinding. That doesn't end at all. Uh, if anything, the actual plays themselves will be quick. It's just you want you you need the type of offense that you have kind of in those the ninety plus yard drives. Um and a lot of that just goes with the idea of don't put your quarterback in a position where <laughs> he's going to be under pressure a lot, especially with a uh, you talked about the youth on the you talked about the youth on offense. You were the one who pointed out the uh, the ridiculous youth that is on the offensive line right now. Uh, So the less pressure Hal has to face, the better chance they have.
0: Yeah, uh, just what Al's referencing is the article I posted on Thursday uh, regarding the fact that 81.3% of offensive line snaps have been played by underclassmen. um, Every snap in the app game was. That does not really bode well for success. And Al, you make a great point about Howell needing to uh, make quicker decisions, get rid of the ball, and not kind of get lost in the pocket like a, you know, like somebody trying to play Johnny Manziel on NCAA 14 that, has, that doesn't know how to use the turbo button. But, yeah, um, I'm honestly a little bit more nervous about Carolina on offense uh, really than I am about their defense because Clemson's going to get points either way, but Carolina can't give them a short field. I guess it's time to make a prediction. Uh, Al, we'll stick with you. Carolina Clemson, uh, what you got?
2: Uh, I think we are looking at 49-10 to 10. Uh, Clemson. Uh, just uh, The only reason I think it stays within that is that Sweeney both has the – as he showed against Charlotte, is that when they have the game early, he will play his young guys. He is friends with Matt Brown. Um there is no question right now about uh Clemson being the best team in the country. He doesn't need to put up a ton of points to show it off. Um I think the feel of the game will be like it could have been a lot worse, but I'm thinking 49 to 10 Clemson. Jake. Uh I'll go with eh, 45
1: 24. Um uh, I think North Carolina will cover barely. Uh, but uh, I don't think. I mean, they haven't put up, they haven't put up more than 30 all year. I don't think, as I mentally run through the scores in my head, uh, this offense is not as prolific as the talent probably says it should be for North Carolina. Uh, but I think that they'll be able to. I think that fourth quarter will show up, and I think Al is right. I don't think Dad is going to try to try to rub it in. So um, I think they'll keep it respectable-ish, but I don't think it's going to be close.
0: Yeah, um, you say respect to bullish. I'm bullish on the Heels' chances to cover. Um, I think they'll score some late touchdowns, get a nice little garbage time back to our cover. Clemson 52, Carolina 28. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and very, very quickly run through a pretty weak uh, Week 5 schedule.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
0: And we are back. Uh, Week five. Uh, Friday might actually be the best time slot on this slate. You have Duke of Virginia Tech at 7 on ESPN, Penn State going to Maryland on FS1, and Arizona State going to Cal. Cal now ranked 15th in the country. Um, Al, what will you be watching hypothetically?
2: Hypothetically? um, (laughs) (laughs) Hypothetically, Penn State, Maryland probably is the biggest highlight. Maryland uh was flashing themselves as a top 25 team earlier this year until they just got railroaded. Um but uh hosting Penn State in um uh, in College Park, uh they have a chance to make a real statement uh and get right back on uh, get right back in with everyone. Penn State hasn't exactly looked great. This they're definitely vulnerable. Uh as they've shown, they are definitely vulnerable for the upset here.
0: Uh, Jake, Duke, Virginia Tech, should we cheer for Duke? Yes. I would agree. Uh, Duke's only a 2.5-point uh, road dog. Um, I saw a stat today. David Cutcliffe is 10-2, uh, not only against the spread, but also straight up when he's a road underdog under five points. I'm sure Caroline's been victim of that a couple times.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, Duke is Duke, and I get that. But in football, Duke is always going to be what Duke is. And they're going to be a 6-8 to eight win team consistently. Once a decade, they might be a threat to win the Coastal. But by and large, the trajectory that Mac is going to have, and he's going to start pulling in more talents where that's not, where Duke and North Carolina should should return to the way it was 10, 10 years ago um, and 20 years ago. But Virginia Tech, is a, it, it has the fan base and the resources and the desire to be a legitimate national player. So the the further they can fall into the abyss for whoever comes in and cleans up that mess, uh, the better for North Carolina. So in this case, yes, Duke.
0: Yep. Um, The noon slate is absolutely abject trash. Uh, Your ABC game is Northwestern with the fifth-worst offense in the country, opponent-adjusted even. Um, Going to Wisconsin, that might actually be the closest game just because neither team's going to put 40 points on the board. We're just going to skip that all together. If you are watching from home and you have two screens, you've got Clemson UNC on the main one. Virginia goes to Notre Dame on NBC. USC goes to Washington on Fox. And if you have ACC interest, Wake goes to BC, Georgia Tech at Temple. And I would just vouch for Iowa State at Baylor as a pretty good game that could kind of tell you who's going to be in that upper middle echelon in the Big 12. So, Jake, I'll go to you first this time. Where are you watching on the second screen? Uh, I'm watching
1: Virginia Notre Dame. Uh, that that honestly, that could be a really good game. And look, I respect Brock Mendenhall. I think he's Mendenhall. I think he's done a phenomenal job there. I thought he's a great job at BYU. I think he runs the program the right way. Um, and it would be Mac Brown's much uh, luck that Virginia uh, is a resurgent power in the ACC uh, as he comes back to kind of bring the circle of life, um, you know, fully around. But. Uh, I Look, like, I don't like Notre dame uh, I always think there's there's a little bit overrated um, but i' am also not positive Virginia is quite as good as what they have what what the pundits think they are right now, so I'm curious to see which which team really shows up and and get a feel for both of those teams
0: yeah i I think I have a feel for Notre Dame and I don't think it's terribly um You know, I I don't strongly believe that Notre Dame is a top-ten team after watching them in person last week. I just thought Georgia kind of played scared to go ahead and put their foot on the throat. Uh, Al, where where, where, are you going? Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Wait, Kirby Smart playing scared in a big game? Are you you sure that you're saying that right?
0: You know, I I have no – Nothing to base that on Uh, from the recent past. I have not seen Jake Fromm come out and play a perfect game in the first half only to stop throwing the ball when you go up 13. I've never seen it. I don't know. (laughs)
1: Okay, I just want to make sure I heard you right. We're good. We're good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, My point is I think Virginia could win this game, and that would probably be good for the conference. I don't think Virginia is a legitimate, like, top 15-ish team, but I do think they can go into Notre Dame and get a W.
2: I mean I can see it. Um you know it it's it's difficult to know what to make of both teams at this point. Um you know as you said I mean a lot of the you might have a little more info on Notre Dame right now than you would have on Virginia, uh, especially coming off their last game where they needed they needed an Old Dominion collapse essentially to win at home. Um, the Florida State game where we know Florida State is tight. They, they needed to kind of hold on at the end there. Um, their only comfortable game, um, was, uh, their only comfortable game was William and Mary. Um, you know, that said was last week about the fact that they were looking ahead to Notre Dame and it's going to be a completely different, uh, mindset for them, um, versus where Notre Dame would have the letdown of the close game, uh, the close game in Georgia, um, and then, you know, turning around and looking at the rest of their schedule, or do they, you know, do they choke up a little bit, knowing that one more loss and they essentially any sort of goodwill that they've built out of that Georgia game uh, is completely is completely lost? Yeah, I mean, it, the potential is definitely there. Out of the other, out of the ACC teams that are set to play, um, out of the ACC teams that are set to play Notre Dame this year, um, Virginia definitely has the best shot.
0: For sure. Um... Just other random notes on the day slate. Uh, you could, If you're in Syracuse, you can go to the Holy Cross Syracuse game for $2 on StubHub right now. Um, Georgia Tech at Temple, that's going to be an L for the ACC. Uh, Wake at Boston College, let's touch on briefly. Is this uh, Jamie Newman thing about to really take off? Because this is really the last stumbling block before Wake could start 9-0 going into Clemson.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, the, there was a lot of talk. I can, I would love to say that the local media just been singing Boston College's praises going into the season, but no one cares about college football up here. Um, but the, the common wisdom was with uh, with Boston College and Dylan and them having Dylan that um, they were going to be a pretty solid team in a down year for the conference, and then they go out and just completely whiff against Kansas. And uh, they had a tough time at Rutgers last weekend. They didn't really put that game away until late. Um, You add that and combine that with the type of offense, the cohesion that Wake is going to bring, the confidence that they have, um, you know, it should be a good – it actually should be a good watch if you're not watching our game. Um, You know, it it would actually be a good watch. Um, But if uh, Wake can um, come up to Chestnut Hill and uh, make a statement against B.C., they may be in the. They may have a case for one of the top uh, bowl games for the conference uh, by the
0: end of the year. What a world we live in in 2019. Um, the night games. Uh, let's see here on the national feeds. You've got Ohio State at Nebraska on ABC. You've got Mississippi State at Auburn on ESPN. ACC Network is where I would be tuned. MC State at Florida State. Kind of a game that both teams need at this point. Uh, Jake, what is your take on this one?
1: Uh, I don't really have a dog in this fight, but uh, I'll go for a tie. Just give see me a tie for this one? Let's have some, let's have some chaos and, and find a way to get a tie. Is that possible in college? Is that do we do we have that possibility like in the NFL?
0: I think after enough overtimes, and you know we we've seen seven a few times. Um, I, I would say after like sixteen overtimes, you can get a tie. So. Are we going like the Frank Beamer special 00? Zero,
1: zero? Oh, if we get like a like a zero zero, like maybe like a three nothing and the head coach with his with his arms over his head, that's what I want to see. This is let's throw it back
0: to the Frank Beamer days. This is how Willie Taggart saves his job. Three nothing. And six, zero. <laughs> That'll be yeah, over
2: or under how many people over or under percentage of the stands in Tallahassee, fifty percent. Um, The crowd shots in Tallahassee this season have not been very favorable for Florida State, and I don't see this uh, uh, filling the stands out there either.
0: Yeah, at least it's a night game, and, I mean, I guess State fans probably blew their travel budget going to see their cousins in West Virginia, but I feel (laughs) like they'll travel a little bit. I'm going to say over at about 72%. Okay, Mm -hmm.
2: That's realistic. I'll, we'll just I'll see what that. they look
0: like at the end.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, and, and 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 to get semi-serious for a minute, you know, I, I hope Florida State can do it. Uh, I would love any reason to watch watch State fans make up excuses about the Atlantic being so tough in a year that uh, Virginia beat Florida State. So, um, you know, it's, it's it's one of those things where uh, I, I don't really I don't really care one way or the other because it's the other it's the other division and I'm not a big fan of either program. Uh, but I think for the most part, um, I think a Florida State win does more for North Carolina uh, than anything else, especially when you're looking at recruiting and, and, and all of that. Uh, I think that every little every little stumble that State makes uh, just helps Mac Brown a little bit more.
0: I, I already don't think they're recruiting on our level, but, um, yeah, I mean, a good 5-7 and seven NC State season probably makes Dave Doran's seat hot, and Dave Doran's a pretty competent coach, so I would love to see that. Um, I'm I'm just going to throw out a quick plug for the 10 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, Washington State at Utah. Talk about two diametrically opposed uh, styles of play there. That should be kind of a banger uh, in the late night if you happen to be up and sipping on something good. I'm about to go sip on something good. But first, Al, what do you have coming to the site this week? I know you had the uh, winners and losers from the app game, but that is in the distance past at this point.
2: Uh, so, uh, today, uh, as we all know, is this coming out to, uh, briefly break from the football motif late night with Roy, uh, starts. Uh, so I have a guide as to what to expect and also a reminder, uh, that, uh, one of my co-hosts, uh, article will also be linked in that piece, but, uh, mostly what to expect tonight. Um, just, uh, both if you're going and also how to watch it. Uh, because as a reminder, as people are constantly finding out with the new ACC network, the way to watch is just a little bit different than it had been in the past.
0: I love it. I love it. And uh, sooner or later, uh, Comcast will jump on board. Uh, Jake, what do you have going on? I I know you did uh, three three things to watch on Thursday.
1: Yeah, I did three things to watch. And then uh, earlier this week, I did a, a quick late night with Roy recruiting primer for the for the basketball side just a quick rundown of all the recruits that would be in town um and then next week i think i have the game preview for george tech um we signed for i think i signed up for that today and then uh that's all i have on the docket for right now so uh, i'll probably come up with something else middle of the week
0: i love it um as for me i took a deeper dive into some of the numbers uh for unc's first four games uh, that hit the site thursday afternoon But the most important thing is that you go ahead and stop what you're doing right now. Um, If you're in the shower listening to this, stop the shower. That shampoo's not going anywhere. Go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. Jump on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. If you leave a five-star review, I will read it on the air. Um, Another podcast that is not directly in our feed got a three-star review for us. That really honestly kind of butchers the numbers on our podcast. So please go help us out. Drive people to uh, listen to us, and we will just continue to get better as we go along. Until next time, folks. Carolina is actually going to win this game, sixty-three to six. Keep it locked and go, Gills.